Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and intentional ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into drawdown and wildlife. Uh, these stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. These first three are in drawdown and I was made aware of them because of Bill McKibben's tweet, which uh, I'm gonna quote here. An utterly crushing day for big oil. Number one, Chevron investors demand emission cuts. Number two, Dutch court tells Shell to cut emissions by half. And number three, Exxon shareholders to buck the company and elect directors demanding climate action. Thanks to all who fight, you push long enough and the dominoes tumble. So thank you, Mr. Bill McKibben. All three of those things actually happened within 24 hours, basically. So it was a remarkable period. Um, I'll just touch on them briefly. The first one uh, is out of Reuters.com. Chevron investors demand em emission cuts. Chevron Corp investors uh, voted in favor of a proposal to cut emissions generated by the use of the company's products, a move that underscores growing investor push at energy companies to reduce their carbon footprint. Shareholders voted 61% in favor of the proposal to cut so-called quote-unquote scope 3 emissions, according to a preliminary uh, count announced by Chevron at its annual general meeting. Um, although pr the proposal does not require Chevron to set a target of how much it needs to cut emissions or by when, the overwhelming support for it shows growing investor frustration with companies which they believe are not doing enough to tackle climate change. All right, the second one, Dutch court tells Shell to cut emissions by half by 2030. Uh, this one's from finance.yahoo.com. The uh, Dutch environmentalists won a landmark court case that could have significant ramifications for the global climate movement and oil companies. The Hague District Court ordered uh, Royal Dutch Shell to reduce its carbon emissions by 45% by the end of the decade. After hearing both sides, a panel of judges determined the energy giant's climate plan was too vague. It is not concrete, it has too many caveats, and it is based on monitoring social developments rather than the company's own responsibility for achieving CO2 reduction, the court said. The Dutch branch of Friends of the Earth, alongside several other charities, human rights groups, and eventually more than 17,000 co-plaintiffs, sued Shell in 2018 
demanding the company bring its emissions in line with the Paris Agreement. The case went to court last December. Following the decision, the court didn't say how Shell should meet its new emissions target, noting its parent company has complete freedom in how it meets its reduction obligation and shaping the Shell Group's corporate policy. The case, however, is unique in that the court didn't order Shell to pay any monetary damages. And then the last one that Mr. McKibben tells us about, Exxon shareholders to buck the company and elect directors demanding climate action. HuffPost.com is telling us about this one. ExxonMobil Corp shareholders installed two new members to the oil giants board on uh, Wednesday of last week. A dramatic move led by activist investors that could force the company to better address climate change and ultimately transition away from fossil fuels. Now, this is really incredible to me. The move is a remarkable blow to Exxon's leadership, which had, until this last decision, largely selected its own directors for the company's 12-member board. But the new board members were pushed by a small activist hedge fund, Engine Number 1, that garnered the support of some of Exxon's biggest investors in calling for U.S. energy companies to shift their business models as climate change intensifies. I love all of that. I'm really excited to see it, and I hope more of it occurs. Okay, last two headlines. These are both in what I'm calling the wildlife category. I love both of them. Uh, The first one is from bbc.com and it is titled, Crane, Flying Giant Returning to Ireland After 300 Years. A giant bird that has been part of Irish folklore and was often kept as a pet in medieval times could be returning to the island after an absence of more than 300 years. A pair of cranes are nesting on a re-wedded peat bog in the Republic of Ireland's Midlands. It is hoped that they could be the first of the species to breed in Ireland in centuries. The cranes are on land owned by a former peat producer and the location is to remain confidential to protect the birds. And our last news story here is coming from theguardian.com a huge surprise has giant river otter feared extinct in argentina unexpectedly pops up a wild giant river otter an animal feared extinct in the country due to habitat loss and hunting on the bermejo river in impenetrable i think it's impenetrable national park um in northeast Argentina's Chaco province, the last sighting of a giant otter in the wild in Argentina was in the 1980s. On the Bermejo, none have been seen for more than a century. It was a huge surprise, said Sebastián de Martino, director of conservation at Fundación Rewild in Argentina. I was incredulous, an incredible feeling of so much happiness. I didn't know if I should try to follow it or rush back to our station to tell the others. Di Martino captured the otter on his phone while kayaking. It reared up so its white chest was visible, which I recognized immediately as the giant river otter. At this point, your legs go weak and your heart starts beating faster. There are two possible explanations for the otter's return. The closest known populations of giant otter, which is endangered globally, are in the Paraguayan Pantanal, 
which could connect with this river from a distance of over a thousand kilometers. And that's the simplest explanation, said Di Martino. The other possibility is that there is a remnant population of the species in Argentina that's gone undetected. These animals live in family groups, and this was a solitary individual, which we think came from a group. I love it. I love all of this. All right. Uh, I hope these stories bring some optimism to your month, and um, I really look forward to sharing more in the future. Thanks. <laughs>